You're listening to From the Front Lines, a special podcast from WUFT during the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast provides daily updates on Florida's response to coronavirus with a particular focus on North Central Florida. In addition to news and important information, From the Front Lines will feature a member of the community who is working to keep the community safe or running during these challenging times. I'm your host, Ryan Vasquez, and this is From the Front Lines. Here are the most recent COVID-19 numbers from around the state. There are now 196 positive cases of COVID-19 in Alachua County, according to the latest numbers from the State Department of Health. No deaths have been reported, and 27 people have been hospitalized at some point as a result of the virus. Positive case numbers in the north-central Florida region include 170 in Clay County, 106 in Marion County, and 74 in Citrus County. Statewide, there are 22,519 positive cases of the coronavirus and a reported 614 deaths. Two Gainesville businesses are coming together to help cancer patients and their families during the COVID-19 crisis. Because of concerns over health and safety, the American Cancer Society Hope Lodge has had to shut down temporarily and the Ronald McDonald House has had to stop accepting new guests. This has left some Shans and UF Health patients in a lurch trying to find lodging. The Climb for Cancer Foundation reached out to Sweetwater Branch Inn owner Cornelia Holbrook. So I'm hoping that for the future, we'll continue to work together and that I'll be able to, to house some of their, their um, Climb for Cancer guests. Yeah, I'm really hoping that that will continue. For the time being, Holbrook is providing rooming with full kitchens so that the families of cancer patients can feel at home during a difficult time. She says the inn is close to the hospital and may be a good substitute for some of the places that have had to close down. The University of Florida is refunding parking decal fees to accommodate faculty, staff, and students impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Students with decals will receive a $16 refund for the month of April and an additional $80 if they've paid for summer. Faculty and staff will receive funds for April regardless of method of payment by the April 24th paycheck. Parking decal requirements for all students, faculty, and staff resume on May 1st, but at no charge through the summer. Local food banks have still been supplying during the coronavirus pandemic. However, it's been challenging for those organizations because there was a higher demand and fewer goods. Gainesville Community Ministry Executive Director Michael Wright says with all the help it's been providing, the ministry is also running into its own concerns. A lot of our donations um, come through uh, churches here in, in Gainesville. And of course, the churches are not meeting right now. And so people are not coming and offerings are not being taken up like they used to be. And donations from the churches aren't what they used to be. Wright says the ministry has been less strict with clientele when it comes to making sure they meet the requirements for assistance. Parking lot Wi-Fi is now available at six Marion County Public Schools and coming to four more. Denellen High, Fort McCoy K-8, Lake Weir Middle, North Marion High, North Marion Middle, and Vanguard High parking lots now offer free Wi-Fi service Monday through Friday from 9 in the morning until 7 at night. Users simply drive into the parking lot, log in, and access learning materials online. Additional schools receiving the service in the immediate future include Bellevue Middle, Forest High, Horizon Academy at Marion Oaks, and Westport High. The service is provided through a partnership with the City of Ocala. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says he's appointing a task force that will inform state officials on when and how to reopen Florida's economy. 
The governor says he wants to tap experts in business, education, elected office, and all kinds of things for input. I'll be seeking advice and, and, and ideas on, you know, pretty much everything under the sun, small business, agriculture, restaurants, tourism, large events and conventions, recreation, um, international travel, uh, K through 12, as well as higher education. There are a whole host of things uh, that we need to be thinking about. DeSantis expects names for that task force to be published by the end of the week. Meanwhile, the governor is announcing somewhat of a leadership shakeup at the State Department of Economic Opportunity. He's named State Department of Management Services Secretary Jonathan Satter as the new leader of everything COVID-19 related at DEO. Existing DEO Director Ken Lawson will handle everything else at the agency. The move comes amid controversy concerning the agency's unemployment system. Quick correction from our last episode, we spoke with Thomas Reed, Chief Production Officer of Atlavian, a Gainesville-based drone company, not Thomas Rambo, who is the company's CEO. We apologize for any confusion. A Gainesville nonprofit is lending a helping hand to seniors amid the coronavirus pandemic. Elder Options, founded in 1977, is using its elder helpline to help seniors get groceries, access to health care, and more. WUFT's Anthony Montalto spoke with the organization's executive director, Kristen Griffiths, to find out more. So what are some of the things that Elder Options does to help senior citizens out? So we serve a 16-county area in North Central Florida. So we go up to the Florida Georgia line and we go down and we touch the Tampa Orlando area. Um, we are the entity that the state and federal government utilizes to spread the funds out to help serve seniors in their homes. So in other words, we take in all the federal state funding that provides services for seniors such as home delivered meals or Meals on Wheels personal care, transportation, legal services, homemaker, um, and we will take those funds. We fund it out to a lead agency in all 16 of our counties. So every county that we serve has a lead agency that actually directly provides the services. But we also have a call center and an elder helpline. Um, that elder helpline runs Monday through Friday, eight to five. You can call that number, and when you call that number, you will get a live elder helpline specialist that we have on staff here at Elder Options. And they will listen to what your needs are, talk with you, and then they can figure out how we can refer you to the different sources and the different providers within your community. Whether it be our lead agency, sometimes it's other charities, sometimes it's our legal services providers, there's churches that help out. But when you call, we can help kind of guide you with your needs to get you to the right place in the community. And Elder Options also does a lot of virtual training virtual caregiver support groups, and we help with Medicare counseling. So if there's people out there right now, especially there might be somebody who um, did not elect to take Medicare when they turned 65 because they had a job and they had the benefits, uh, they may now have lost that job. We need to get to them. We need them to know that they need to get into the Medicare system. They could be penalized. So we're also there to help anybody with um, Medicare counseling questions, um, there are scams out there, we can help them with that. So we do a, a, quite a wide variety of things. Definitely sounds like it. With all that in mind, tell me a bit more about the Elder Helpline. Yeah, the Elder Helpline, again, as I said, it's Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, but if you call it outside of those hours, we have a voicemail system that we'll answer. The number's one 800-262-2243. And that number is really the single point of entry for anyone who needs services, seniors, caregivers, 
somebody in need in your community that you know that's maybe not able to get out of their home right now, might need some help with shopping assistance, somebody who might need a meal delivered to them. We're getting additional funding that was passed in the stimulus bills from the federal government that will be giving us the opportunity to provide additional meals, shopping assistance. We can do telephone reassurance if somebody would like a regular check-in call. Call that number. We'll have a specialist answer the phone, help guide you through it, and get you referred to getting services available and provided to you within your home. Good to know. And are you guys seeing a lot more calls on the helpline amid COVID-19? So it's been an interesting thing. We track our calls daily. Uh, so we're taking a look at it. We saw a little bit of a decline right at the beginning of where we were ordered to shelter in place. And since then, we've seen it pick back up to where it's about as steady as it was prior COVID-19. But we're going to slowly probably see it increase because we are putting some additional advertising. We're going to be really trying to get the word out because of these additional funds that are coming in. We're starting a new restaurant meal partnership that our lead agencies will be working with restaurants to deliver meals to seniors. That's hopefully going to get starting the end of this week or into next week. Once we get that implemented, we're going to do a big marketing push on that. We want to be sure that those in need, as we have this additional funding coming as part of the stimulus, that we can make sure they know about us. And so that will begin to market more. Once we market, we expect that we'll see those calls probably dramatically increase. What are some of the most important things for seniors to keep in mind right now? Well, I think the thing we worry about the most is the anxiety and the effects that it may have on them being unsure, not clear. I mean, we're all going through it. So, but when you are senior and you're isolated and you're socially isolated, maybe especially those that are living alone, um, you have this situation where we worry that um, they may feel some depression, some anxiety, not sure who to turn to. And that's why we're doing things like our telephone reassurance program that we really feel like having just somebody to pick up the phone and call you. How are you doing? What are you feeling like today? You know, as they're, they're going through this, we, we think that's something that we're, we're really concerned about. We have a depression management program at Elder Options where we'll work with seniors and we can do um, virtual visits. So we think that we'll see that need of that service increase. And then, of course, also just the fear of going out of their homes and making sure that they have enough food. The shopping assistance service we really feel will help. And then lastly, caregivers. Caregivers, especially those caring for people with dementia. Uh, it's a very tough time. So their um, adult daycares are closing. So what they otherwise might have been able to have with adult daycare, give them some time on their own. Now we're able to help with in-home respite. So if you need, please give us a call so we can find a way to give caregivers a break so they can continue caring for their loved ones. From the Front Lines is a production of the Innovation News Center at the College of Journalism and Communications at the University of Florida. Thank you to our producers, Taylor Levesque, Daniela Mora, Anthony Montalto, Josh Williams, Melissa Fato, and Cameron Lund. Also, thanks to our fellow Florida public media stations for their contributions to this podcast. And a special thank you to Matt Abramson and Craig Lee for their work behind the scenes. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have a story to share with From the Front Lines, please send an email to news at wuft.org. That's news at wuft.org. Join us tomorrow for another edition of From the Front Lines. I'm your host, Ryan Vasquez, and of course, thanks for listening.